Hey, everybody. This is Dominic D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com. Today's date is June 8th. 2021 this is a very special episode of two two dynamite dudes with attitude now my degenerate brother marcus is in here but i have an even better guest it is none other than danny limelight danny thanks for joining me today gente what up what up tell your degenerate partner he's a loser for not being here for this <laughs> one you know i can't wait to tell him that <laughs> everybody watching at home thanks for watching i appreciate you having me on the show it's gonna be great it's gonna be lit let's do it baby let's rock and roll heck yeah man so talking about lit we were just uh mentioning you know the live crowd being back and you uh kicked off actually uh evil uno singles competition with aw uh on on elevation and everything talk about having not only that experience of wrestling in front of a live crowd but wrestling evil uno for the first is that your first time ever wrestling him too uh well we uh evil uno first of all shout out to evil uno crazy competitive super underrated dude is awesome i'm glad that i got to be his first ever one-on-one match in AEW. and what better time to do it than monday night limelight you know what i'm saying on monday night elevation um and i've wrestled evil uno before but it was in like a five-man scramble like a five-on-five back a couple months ago it was the dark order versus me and a few other guys and stuff like that oh right yeah Um, yeah and we barely touched we got to do a couple things and stuff like that but this time it was just me and him a little negative one out there shout out to negative one and uh it was it was great man i had so much fun the crowd shout out to the crazy fans of AEW. oh my god you guys made it so much fun it was dope i felt the energy as soon as my music hit and, and, you know, from then on, it was war. You know, it's all all respect to Evil Uno, you know what I'm saying? But but it was a war going into the match. I wanted to come out on top, and, and, and the energy from the crowd was awesome, and it just made me it made me want to work harder, you know? Yeah. Now, was that your first time being back in front of, like, a big crowd like that in comparison? Yeah, man. That was the that, Actually, that was the biggest crowd I ever wrestled in front of, minus wrestling at the crash in Tijuana, Mexico, Ooh. in front of 5,000 a few years ago. That, was, that card was crazy. It had Rey Mysterio on it. It had Hijo de Santo, Santo, um, not Santo, excuse me. Hijo de Santo was there. Uh, Lince Dorado was there before he got signed by WWE. Phoenix, Penta. Shout out to Phoenix and Penta. Check out their new, their nice. new store, you know what I'm saying? Heck Mass yeah. Republic out here in LA, you know? Um, it was a huge card. I think, I, and I opened the show, me and Douglas James, we opened the show. We had 10 minutes. Conan was the one that brought us out there. So it was, it was so dope. You know, it was 5,000 people screaming, but this was the first time that I wrestled on television, on TV, in front of a huge crowd. I don't even know what the numbers were, but it was just, oh man, it was so awesome. Yeah, no, that element of like, I mentioned it off the air was like those people on stage and everything like that. It created such like almost a unique, and you always see like the old, uh, you know, WWE footage of when they wrestled in Madison Square Garden, like the old pay-per-views and stuff yeah. like that, and how unique of a vibe that gives off. Like, this is kind of setting its own tone for Daily's Place. And Daily Place, let alone, just even without the crowd on the stage, is a unique element. Just the yeah. outside and the beautiful seat, like uh, landscape going on and stuff. It creates a pretty da- damn cool uh, atmosphere to Dual. wrestle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Daily's Place is awesome, man. Thanks to, you know, everybody for hosting us there and having us at their place for so long, man. Um, it's a cool environment. I like the way it was set up with the crowd on the stand, where the stage is usually at. And, you know, the arena was packed and you get the little sunset over the side. Right. Like it, was, it, was, it was just it was a vibe, man. It was a perfect day for wrestling. The weather was great. You know, like it was awesome. Man. It was an awesome experience. I'm super grateful for it. I had so much fun. Now, I so when I was sitting there for Double or Nothing, part of the funny thing was like the sun was setting setting and uh it was serena deeb wrestling rio and mm-hmm. the sun was just right blasting in our faces did you ever have that issue like while wrestling the any of the elevation uh, tapings or anything fortunately i have never had that issue but if you want to bring up serena deeb i i believe she stole the show before the show even right? started 
right? Awesome. Shout out to Serena D, man. She's probably the best female wrestler right now, in my opinion. You know, but. it's her and Thunder Rosa, man, have just been lighting up everything on. Yeah, They've been setting Rosa the bar. One of my friends, Thunder Rosa is awesome too, man. She's killing oh it. Well, have, have you gotten a chance to check out any of the Mission Pro Wrestling stuff that's been going on down there? I have not. I haven't been oh. paying much attention to the Indies. I've seen, you know, I see a couple things on Twitter. You know, I see GCW doing big things. FSW is doing big things, which I don't know when this is going to air, but. I'll be at FSW in Vegas, June 18th and 19th for the, the anniversary show, Double Nights. I'll be there both nights. I'll be entering the 30-man Rumble, and I'll be wrestling Ice Williams for the No Limits Championship the next day. So, shout-out to FSW. Heck, yeah. I, mean, I haven't really been paying attention to the indies, man. I've just been focused on, you know, AEW, been focused on New Japan Strong, killing it over there at New right. Japan. And I've just been grinding on TV, baby. You know how we do. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I – what. Watch your previous interview of you talking about balancing out New Japan and, and AEW. Uh, what's what's some stark differences that uh, come to come into play when you're wrestling in New Japan in comparison for AEW and stuff? Is there certain ones that kind of stand out more than the yeah, others? I think, I think the well, I think the most obvious one is that in New Japan Strong, you know, I'm part of Team Filthy. I'm the Filthy Five. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a heel there. I'm with, in my opinion. And I know many people will agree that Team Filthy is the hottest thing on New Japan Strong right now. Me, Tom Lawler, Kratos, you know, shout out to the three of us. We're killing it as a group. Um, and so the way I'm, I am at New, J New Japan is so different. And then when you tune into AEW and you see me as the super baby face radioactive foppy, yeah. I'm in there with, you know, Kenny Omega or John Moxley or, you know, anybody else that put me in the ring with, it, it's, it's, it's a different kind of match, a different kind of environment, different kind of mood. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. And then if you want to talk about more TV, we talk about the United Wrestling Network Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I'm the tag champion there with Papo Esco. Shout out to my tag partner, Papo Esco. Shout out to Slice Boogie, another member of the Bodega, you know. And there we kind of like walk that fine line of being bad guys and good guys. We do whatever the hell we want. We run the show and, and, and we have a good time, you know what I'm saying? Representing for Puerto Rico, representing for, you know, New York City, representing for the Latinos everywhere. I think that's what it's about. So when people are watching me on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday with AEW or they watch me on Friday with New Japan or they watch me on Saturday with United Wrestling, like, you know, I'm on TV almost five times a week with three different companies. And it's just been, it's been awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's man. Really, really dream. I was hearing too, you mentioned in another interview, um, this is like the most money you've made, like, right? Yes. Starting this, How has that kind of been feeling like getting that, not, not necessarily that you're entering a comfort zone, but more so like that sense of security where it's like, okay, oh, I'm doing good. And this is, things are starting to roll here. Has so, that been kind of a, even more of a motivator for you or? or oh, yeah. A thousand percent. With that mindset? Like, I come from nothing. You know, I was a street rat kid from Brooklyn, New York. You know, it's nothing against my parents, but, you know, my dad was a dope dealer. I say it all the time. I'm proud of it. You know, what what he did and how he raised me made me who I am. It carved who I am, to, you know. And, and so coming from nothing and just grinding so hard, you know, doing 10 years in the Marine Corps and living paycheck to paycheck because I was dumb with my money, you know, didn't really save much. And then coming out and, you know, it'll be two years in October since I got out of the Marine Corps. But last year alone, I made more money in my, like my first year of wrestling, really just focused on wrestling. I made more money than I ever did in the Marine Corps, you know? Yeah. And, and this year, 2021, I've already matched that, you know? So like, it's been, and I, I'm not trying to humble brag, but I, what, I, what I'm trying to do is talk about how breaking generational cycles, generational wealth, like shit like that, creating generational wealth. You know, I have a little girl, she's seven years old. That's my pride and joy. That's my little baby, my Khaleesi. Khaleesi, I love you 3000. Um, and you want to talk about creating generational wealth and breaking cycles. My daughter made $25,000 last year. Wow. Herself. 
doing commercials and, and short independent films. No That's way. That's an example that I'm trying to set. Yeah, my daughter has to freaking pay taxes, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> geez. To me, it's, it's like I set the bar. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my dad set the bar. I passed him. And he'll, right. he'll, say, it, he'll say it loud and proud. You accomplished more than I ever would have in life. Yeah. And now my daughter at seven years old, she has more money in her bank account than I did after 10 years in the Marine Corps. Isn't that crazy? That's wild, at dude. seven years old. So by the time she's my age, she'll, hopefully she's a millionaire. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's why to me it's important to talk about, you know, financial stuff, like talking about like grinding it. And man, because I work my ass off. I put my body on the line every week. I go out there, I try to steal the show. And a lot of the times I feel like I have the best match on the card. And, you know, the, the, the money is, yes, it's, it's the icing on the cake. Sure. Because I can do what I want for a living. It doesn't feel like a job. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's I'm having fun. The AEW crew is amazing. The New Japan crew is amazing. The atmosphere is amazing. I love working. I love the freaking fans. You guys are amazing. I love meeting y'all like this. And then the money that helps me, makes me, gives me more motivation to grind. And then my daughter's watching me on TV. She points at the TV and says, daddy's on TV. And it's like, that's what I'm talking about. And then the commercial hits and she's on TV. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's it's crazy, you know, but that's what it's about, man. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, yeah, I'm very fascinated by your time in the Marine Corps and everything. Mm. Um, How in 10 years, I did not know you were there that long. Um, Talk about getting it. What was a big motivator for you to get in the Marines? And then oh, um, how, how has that kind of shaped you as I'm sure that taught you so much structure and <laughs> yeah. how to balance life and everything in that, that regard. Definitely. Definitely. I joined the Marine Corps. I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a street rag kid doing street rag kid things. I had no plans. You know, I wanted to be a wrestler when I was a kid. My teachers told me I couldn't, it wasn't a real job. I'm sorry, Mrs. Uh, Bianca Cooley, Mrs. Dash, Miss Boxer. All about you know, yeah, Mr. Oh, I can't remember his name. He was a douchebag math teacher. You know, like, I'm sorry, you said I couldn't do this for a living. And now look at me, you know what I'm saying? Like, but so that that kind of crushed my dreams. Um, and I had no direction. You know, I never wanted to go to college. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like I was going to go be a psych major or anything like that. You know, um, I didn't have that in me, but I played baseball and I boxed. Like, that's what I nice. did. Yeah. Um, Baseball became my passion. I wanted to play shortstop for the New York Yankees, you know, but it just didn't work out. I ended up getting kicked out of two high schools. Um, mm-hmm. So by the time I was in my senior year, I was in my third high school and they just didn't have room for me on the baseball team, which is completely understandable. I did it to myself, right? Um, so at 17 years old, I met a kid who told me he'd buy me a slice of pizza if I went with him to a recruiting station. And at the time I was like, fuck, pizza sounds great. You know, yeah, like right. I had nothing better to do. So we went, I, I never ended up getting my pizza, by the way. <laughs> I ended up walking into this office and this Marine Corps staff sergeant in his dress blues looks at me, you know, and I have my pants sagging or whatever. And he's like, nah, you can't be a Marine, go see the army. And that shit, like, I was like, fine, you know? And I started walking to the army, but mind you, why am I walking to the army? I never wanted to be in the military, but because this Marine told me to do it, I'm here following orders now, right? Yeah. So I start walking to the army recruiting station and I'm not trying to take a shot at the army, but the Marine Corps is the best branch in the military. And this army soldier comes out of the office and he has his hand in his pocket and a cigarette in his mouth. And I just see this and I'm just like, this is what the Marine Corps recruiter sees when he looks at me. Somebody's going to walk around with his hand in his pocket with a cigarette in his mouth. I never smoked a cigarette in my life. So I turned back around and I walk in the Marine Corps recruiting station. And to everybody that listened to my interview with Paul White on AEW's Rising Star and Elevation, you, like you heard this story. Yeah, so sure. thank you for, for listening again, but. 
uh, I walk back in. I tell him I'm going to be a Marine. So I joined the Marine Corps. I did 10 years. I was a staff sergeant. I was a Marine Corps drone instructor. I made over 350 Marines. I was a Marine Corps martial arts instructor, first degree black belt, taught over 400 something Marines, the Marine Corps martial arts program. Um, traveled the world, did humanitarian missions in Japan for Operation Tamadachi in 2011. Um, did a lot of things and a lot of things that I'm proud of. You know, I met my daughter's mom in the Marine Corps and you know, I had my daughter and Marine Corps set me up for success, man. It gave me the discipline, the, the physical endurance, the strength, the stamina, the courage, you know, all that, all that, all that discipline that was needed. And that transitioned into wrestling, you know, like the physical fitness side of wrestling, that was easy for me because the Marine Corps, we were doing crazy stuff for training anyways, you know? Yeah, right, right. Um, but, but it was, you know, a transition that nevertheless was a little rocky for me in the sense that I came in there cocky and confident because I had so much life experience and I had done so much in life already that I felt like I knew it all. So, you know, it was a little hard at first to get get going and wrestling. And then once things took off, man, there was no turning back. Yeah. It's something that I have like a, an older friend, he was in the, he was in Vietnam and he was part of the Marine Corps. And he was saying like, I mean, just the personality and, and how he handles himself. It's like, you can tell, like it, it leveled him out for the rest of his life where it like put him in a good spot mindset, like in a positive mindset of how to handle people and deal with people and just like tough situations. And I'm sure like you can speak to that from not only being in wrestling, but like not only from your upbringing as a kid too. It's like, there's a lot that comes with being a Marine. And yeah. I think that just sets a good base for everybody, you know? You're, you're absolutely correct, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so what I wanted to get at, too, uh, you mentioned in a previous interview about uh, the agents that you get to work with on Dark. Uh, Jerry Lynn was a big name you mentioned. Uh, I, I love Jerry Lynn. So talk about working with him. What has he kind of helped you out with in a lot, uh, in not yeah. only your ring, in-ring repertoire, but just how you handle your presence in the ring at the moment? Jerry, first of all, man, I love you, Jerry. If you hear this, you're the man. Uh, we have a cool little handshake every time I see Jerry. You know, I see him, he sees me, we have a big smile, we come up, we give each other three three handshakes, and then we do my little my little dance. And you can see Jerry, he'll call me boom, boom, and then he do the little dance or whatever. And he's just he lights up the room, man. And, and Jerry's awesome. He's helped me so much as far as match structuring, um, where to put certain things, uh, you know, what would make sense, whatnot, coming up with certain kind of counters or finishes. He's great, man. I would ask him questions, I'd ask him to watch my matches, he'd watch it. Uh, so shout out to Jerry. I learned a lot from Dean Malenko as well. Yeah. Man of a thousand holes. Shout out to Dean Malenko. And he's also one of the funniest guys I've, I've ever met in my yeah. life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I did not, you know, you see him as the Iceman on TV. Right. Don't cold killer look. Uh -huh. You meet him and you're like intimidated by him. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, I, <laughs> I'll never forget. We were eating one time and he, the, like the vegetables they had was cauliflower. Yeah. He, he picks up the cauliflower and he puts it in his ear and he said, hey, Limelight, I have cauliflower ears. And it popped. It was the corniest dad joke right? yeah. in the world, but it popped me so hard. And I was like, I, I had tears and I had to tell somebody else, yo, come here, come here, come here, yo, Dean, do it again, Dean, because it was funny to me, man. Like, but I learned a lot from him. There's times where I come up with a cool submission and I'm like, hey, Dean, can you watch this? Let me know what you think. And he'll be like, thumbs up or thumbs down you know and if there's anybody that's going to know more or less if it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down it's hey. the man of a thousand holes you know so dean is great bj helps a lot um christopher daniels another one that that really helped me a lot with match structuring putting things here and there taking things out less is more kind of idea um just so many great lead locker room leaders so many great wrestlers from past and present in, in AEW and even in new japan if you think about new japan like there's so many you know rocky romero um Fred Rosser. There's just so many, you know, so much talent there 
at New Japan and AEW that people want to see you succeed and, and they want you to do good. And so that to me is, is, is important. Even though Rocky Romero sucks, in my opinion, <laughs> stand him, you know what I'm saying? He still has a brain. I see what he does for a lot of people. You know, he's, he's like, I, I, you know, I like to consider him like the uncle of professional wrestling in SoCal for sure. You know, right. so he's somebody that's helped me when I first got to New Japan before I turned on him because he deserved it. And, and you know, just the, the, the other guys at AEW that I talked about before, man, it's great. I've been very blessed to be able to work with some of the best wrestlers in the world, past, present and future. You know, right. whether whether I'm in the ring with Kenny Omega or John Moxley, two of the best wrestlers in the world, you know, or, or I'm in the ring with someone like, you know, let's say, let's say someone new on New Japan. If I'm wrestling, you know, the West Coast Wrestling Crew, the, the West Coast wrecking, wrecking Crew. Yeah, yeah. They're coming up. If I wrestle them, that'll be fun, you know, or, you know, you, you see Adrian Quest. There's uh, Will All Day that's, you know, who's, who's been on Dark a few times, you know, like there's so much talent coming up right now. And there's so much talent that that is in their, their prime. And then there's so much more talent that's in that's, you know, the past. And you're just learning from all these people. And you're just watching so much wrestling. You're seeing so much stuff happening. And it just motivates you to work hard and grind harder. And you know that you're going to be okay because if you have a question, there's somebody. Whether you throw a, a rock in the air, you're going to hit six or seven people immediately that can give you the answer to the question. Exactly, man. And I think that's such a cool aspect of AEW and what they have. Like, Because you have all those mindset, like different mindsets from different backgrounds but and different eras. And yeah. um. I think what's so beneficial to you guys is, is having that uh, not only to how to work in the ring, but just like knowing how to handle yourself in situations like whether it's wrestling politics and sure anything like that going on, like it, it, you can really get information from veterans that have been there and done all that stuff and had to weather those storms or whatever it may be. Um, What I wanted to ask too was uh, yeah. uh, Just being from Brooklyn in general, uh how has that uh like you're a yankees fan too so yeah. uh, you're actually i think you're the third yankees wrestling fan i've or wrestler that a fan of yankees fan that's a wrestler that i've interviewed so really? uh it's it was been you mike verna uh richard holly oh, yeah, i love mike verna that's yeah yeah mike verna yeah yeah he, he was great man he talked about being in baseball and all that stuff too who are some of your favorite yankees uh jeter yeah, Bernie Williams, Bernie Man, Martinez, Paul O'Neill. Yeah, Tino was my guy. <laughs> um, who else is Alfonso Soriano, Hideki Masui, Gary Sheffield, Mike Mike Messina, freaking Roger Clemens, you know Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada. I can name all the most <laughs> all, mostly all the Yankees from back in the day. You know, like we could talk about when Johnny Damon came over. We talked Carlos Beltran was there. We could talk about you know. Um, Jason Giambi when he yep. was on the Yankees, you know, yep. uh, this is so I just love the Yankees, man. I'm a Knicks fan too. We made the playoffs this year. We got eliminated, but we did it for the first time in eight years. And I'm a New York Giants. I'm a New York team. Any New York team, I, I fucks with. You know, like right now, I'm I'm rooting for the Brooklyn Nets right now because they're they're in Brooklyn now. You know, even though they're New Jersey transplants, but you know, we in the playoffs. We're doing good. We're probably going to win the championship. So shout out to Brooklyn. Yeah, um, yeah, Yankees. You know, and Mike Vernon. I know he's a Yankee fan. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a Knicks fan too. I'm not sure. I know he's a Mets fan too. He's a he Mets fan, yeah, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but I'm not sure about the Knicks. Um, but he's a great guy. He needs to come back to AEW. It'll be cool to see him there again. He's awesome. Yeah, it's such a great dynamic because you see that's the neat thing about AEW is you get all that rotation of po- folks coming in and some more of the like the permanent stays like kind of what you've been for the most part in, in AEW yeah. on dark and at an elevation. So 
yeah, it's been very uh, cool. Um, also, what I want to talk about was I obviously you're uh, <laughs> you're a big Spider-Man fan. Uh, talk about uh, how did you get into comics? Was that a big thing for you as a kid? And um, what's been your favorite Spider-Man movie so far? Or who's been your favorite Spider-Man? Uh, Tom Holland's my favorite Spider-Man. Yeah, you can't be. I agree. With you. I'm probably agree. gonna get. I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat for that online. Everybody say Tobey Maguire or whatever, but to me, it's Tom. He's done the most movies of Spider-Man. Um, he's done a great job. Comics was my thing growing up. You know, I, I my dad would bring home comic books for me to read and stuff like that. And you know, I, I loved the animated series on Fox back in yep. the day. Um, and I'm excited for this new Spider-Man movie that's coming out. You know, No Way Home. It's supposed to have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. You know, it's supposed to be the whole multiverse thing. So that's pretty cool. And and for people that watch what I do in the ring, like a lot of it is inspired by Spider-Man. The way I move, the way I walk the ropes, the way I fly, the way I jump. Like I'm very innovative. I'm very creative. But a lot of it is from watching Spider-Man and reading comics and seeing how he moves his body. And, you know, the charisma and Spider-Man is a very charismatic dude. And so a lot of that stuff I put into it, you know, the radioactive poppies, people that don't know radioactive, that's from, Radio, radioactive Spider-Man by <laughs> radioactive spider, you know? So, and my, 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 my like logo is, it's, it's a limelight. It's like my tattoo is a lime and a light bulb, but mm-hmm. then it has spider legs coming out of it. And yeah. a lot of people, people see, it and then they put two and two together, like, Oh shit. Like that's pretty cool. You know? But yeah, I just, I just, you know, I'm a firm believer with great power comes great responsibility. You know, those are the words that uncle Ben told Peter Parker before he passed. And I'm a firm believer that Spider-Man is a team leader. He's a natural leader. He's an honorary Avenger. He's an honorary X-Men member. He's an honorary Fantastic Four member. He, he, he led the secret wars in the comic books. Like, he's, he's just always going to do the right thing. He's always going to put everybody else's well-being before his. And that's why I respect and admire him the most. And, you know, I dress up as Spider-Man. I, well, I haven't in a while because of the pandemic. But before that, I used to go to children's hospitals and visit kids. I used to go to elementary school and read books to the kids in my spider suits. I got four studio-made suits in my closet. No shit. Six suits, yeah. Um, we don't, I don't talk about it that much because it's, it's something that I just do to do it, you know? Just to do it, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but great. That's, that's great. Great. That, that, like, uh, And yeah, because, you know, you see on, online, you see all the fat Spider-Man, and I'm not body shaming, but you see the Spider-Mans that don't move like Spider-Man, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they can't do flips or they can't, you know? So I always told myself that I want to, if I'm going to put the suit on, I want to be one of the guys that when I show up, I could do a flip for a kid or I can, you know, run off the wall and do a backflip off. The, you know what I'm saying? Just like, yeah. I remember one time I was walking around in my suit. I went to, uh, they had like a street fair and there was gonna be like, like a lot of kids there. So I wanted to like go and like do like a little thing for the kids. I remember this one kid, he was like, he had to be like a teenager, probably like in high school for sure. Mm-hmm. And you know, the kids, kids are kids. They're going to test you and see and like, you're like Spider-Man. You can't even do a backflip. Mind you, like I'm outside, it's concrete floor, and I'm, and the mask is like sometimes hard to see in. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and like all everybody's like there, like oh, you know. And I'm like, fuck, now nah, you put me on the spot. And if I don't do a flip, uh, you know, they're gonna clown me. And if I if I bust my ass, they're gonna clown me. So I was like, all right. So I do a backflip, and like I land in like a superhero landing, and he popped, and everybody popped, and then he left me alone. But this could be me, you know. But I, I, I do it for the younger kids, you know, ages like eight and under. They're the ones that really are into the whole Spider-Man thing. My daughter used to go to school and tell her friends that her dad was Spider-Man. And it's just awesome, man. That's got to be a good feeling. And you know what? Like, as a kid, too, I remember, like, you know, seeing, like, bat- guys dressed as Batman or whatever. And that would pop me huge. So if you see, like, an athletic Spider-Man that can do a fucking backflip and shit like that. Yeah, like, and the suit. Yeah, I'm not wearing, like, no Party City Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing, like, Studio May. 
legit, you know, like, so it looks sick. I move like it. And one time there was this guy that was like playing a guitar and like, he started following me around and was like playing the Spider-Man, Spider-Man with the guitar. Like, and like, I'll take pictures with people and sometimes they'll tip me, but I'm not like on Hollywood Boulevard doing it for tips, you know, like they just right. randomly do it. And so he followed me for like blocks playing the song. And I was like, he, I don't know. I just gave him all the money that I made from tips. Like I gave it, it was probably like 20 something dollars. Like here, bro, thanks for playing the music. Like kept me freaking motivated, you know, but <laughs> it was, you know, it's fun. People like stuff like that, you know, and, and it just feels good to kind of be like, I don't know, a symbol of like hope or hero. Open or, optimism, you know? You know? Yeah, positivity, man. Like I'm big on that. I remember when I was growing up, we didn't have shit like that in the street. So it's kind of cool to do that for people. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, okay, we'll close it with some of this. 2021, what's your, what's some of your primary goals here in 2021? And my goal was to become a household name, sign a major contract, do my thing. And everything's been going great. I I have no complaints of where my career is at right now. Um, I'm loving life. I just want to continue to have fun, continue to build my brand, continue to do my thing and to entertain the fans and to set the example for my daughter. That's all I can ask for. That's, that's great, great goals to have. And, and do you cut, kind of feel currently too, do you like that kind of uh, balance of life where it's like, you're not really signed by anybody, but you have all this stuff coming into play. Is that kind of a, a good vibe overall for you? Or, or would you ultimately like, I'm in, a, I'm in a great spot, man. I'm yeah. in a great spot. That's all I can say. I'm in a great spot. I don't want to talk about anything else. Just I'm in a great spot. That's great, brother. That's great. Cool. Okay. One last thing. So this is what I've been doing. I haven't formulated a playlist yet. And I keep telling wrestlers that all this, that like I'm going to do it. But what I've been collecting is at the end of each interview, I ask a wrestler, okay, if you, you have, you're going to do a workout in, you're going to get a workout in, pick any three songs. Now it can be all time, any all time or ones you're currently jamming to what three songs are you going to put on that playlist starting off? Juicy with B- B- by Notorious B.I.G. Oh, nice. Uh, v Me Vida by Mark Anthony. All right. Nice. And Whoop D by CJ. All right. That's a, that's a good mix right there. <laughs> Those would be the top three that I play. Or or maybe Wants and Needs with Drake and Lil Baby. I like that one, too. Ooh, I'll, those I'll like, those ones, too. Yeah, those, those, <laughs> those kind of play hype with. In Yeah, yeah. Those get me hype. Heck, yeah, man. All right, cool. Uh, anything you want to plug in general? Uh, uh, yeah, man. First of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. Any fans listening, thank you for listening. You can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Danny Limelight. Uh, com backslash Danny Lama. I have a whole bunch of cool shirts up there. They match all the new J's that drop. I make sure they color coordinated with the J's. Ooh, uh, sweet. Yeah, I'm on Cameo now. So Cameo.com backslash Danny Lama to book me for personal videos or whatever. Just nothing crazy, please. And uh, yeah, I see y'all on the flip side. All right, cool. This is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone. You can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. Follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. Follow Two Dynamite Dudes at Two Dynamite Dudes, number two Dynamite Dudes. Marcus and I, we cover AW Dynamite every week. So tune in. Uh, So we give our recaps. And it's a pleasure to have Danny Limelight here. Tune in to AW Dynamite. Tune in to New Japan Strong. And I'll see y'all, mi gente. All right. Thanks, guys.